0: Just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hello, everyone. How are you? (sighs) So here's the thing. Ashley says that Amber is not being fired. What was the most recent? Were there only two recordings released last week? Honestly, I can't remember. I think the third one did come out this week, which was the worst one. It is posted in its entirety on my Instagram, feathers underscore pod, along with a transcript of it. I guess I'll read the transcript of it. Um, But this, to me, was by far the worst of all the recordings. And it says... Amber starts uh, by mocking Andrew. She punched me in my face, Andrew, I wasn't running my mouth. I was quiet when you asked me to be quiet. Amber in a mocking voice. Oh, was it because my fat fucking mouth kept doing this? Mock cries. Andrew, I wasn't. I was quiet. Amber cutting him off. You're a fucking joke, dude. Andrew, when you told me to be quiet. Amber, you're a motherfucking joke. Andrew. And then you kept yelling. Amber. No, that's not what happened. Andrew. Yeah? Amber. No, it's not. Andrew, you kept yelling. Amber. Amber. No, it's the fuck it's not, old man. Andrew, just like right now. Amber, no, it's not, you fucking senile bitch. Andrew, why are you yelling in front of our child? Amber, that didn't happen. You're a fucking liar. Andrew, stop yelling in front of our child. Amber, because all you do is lie. It's a bunch of lies out of your fucking ignorant head. It's so disgusting. Andrew, I wasn't even lying. Amber, you did it. You did it, Andrew. Andrew, I hit myself. Amber, sarcastic tone. Yeah, Andrew, I punched you. You're a lying bitch. Andrew, no, you hit me. Amber, you little pussy. Andrew, you like to hit people. What the fuck? Amber, I hit people who don't shut their fucking mouths. Andrew, but I did shut my mouth. You kept yelling. Amber, that's not true, Andrew. You did not shut your fat ass fucking mouth. Andrew, yes, you kept putting me down. Amber, no, you didn't. You senile retard. Andrew, I did shut my mouth. Amber... No, you fucking didn't. You didn't shut the fuck up. You kept going and going and going and going, just like the other fucking night. You're fucking retarded. Andrew, something mumbling about not wanting to drive. Amber, you didn't say anything to anybody, so shut the fuck up. Andrew, why were you even... Why were we even out? We were both exhausted. Like, why was I even... Amber, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? You drove just fucking fine. You're a little fucking bitch-ass baby. It's like you never worked in your fucking life. Andrew, that's not work. I lost Amber cutting him off. You've never worked in your fucking life. Andrew, that's not true. Amber, I promise you fucking that. Andrew, that's not true. Amber, I promise you fucking that, motherfucker. You never did anything. Andrew, that's not true at all. Amber, fucking little brat. Andrew, I've had horrible jobs, I've had good jobs, I've had fucking Amber cutting them off. I wonder all your why your other fucking relationships didn't work out. Because of your fat fucking mouth. Your disrespectful fucking punk. I don't know why your relationship didn't fucking work out. Or I know why your relationships didn't fucking work out. Andrew, I didn't I didn't want to Amber cuts them off. You try to ruin people's goddamn lives. You're not worth it. Andrew, I didn't want to do unsafe shit when James was in the car. I didn't want to rush. Amber, you deserve exactly what you got. In fact, you deserve way more than that, honey. You speak to me in an ignorant fucking tone. Andrew, like the fucking the first driver. Amber, stop fucking speaking for two fucking seconds. Andrew, you don't let me speak though. Amber, nobody cares what's coming out of your fucking mouth you're lying, you retard. You can't just keep saying the same shit. It doesn't make it true. Andrew, like, why? Amber, you kept going. You kept going. Andrew, you love to blame. You love to blame. Amber, because you did. Andrew, you love to blame. Amber, it's easy. You did it, retard. You did it. Andrew, you put people down. Amber, you fucking, you kept fucking going. You kept speaking. Andrew, you're yelling in front of our child. Amber, you kept doing it. Andrew, you're yelling in front of our child. Amber, you were doing it earlier when I asked you to stop screaming in the elementary school parking lot. Please stop screaming in elementary school parking lot, Andrew, because my face was bleeding. Amber, get your fat ass out of my house. Andrew, because my face was bleeding. Amber, get up. Go. I'll fucking pay for your broke ass to go home. Get the fuck out. Andrew, stop. And then there's, like, wrestling when she's obviously going at him. Amber, no, I'll fucking kill you, dude. I swear to fucking God. I swear to God. Eh, Something unintelligible. And I'll say what you, I'll say that's what you fucking did. Andrew, you hit me. You just fucking hit me. Amber, you deserved it and then some. Andrew, no, I didn't. Amber, yeah, you did. You fat fucking. Andrew, I didn't deserve that. Amber, watch your motherfucking mouth when you're speaking to me. Andrew, I didn't deserve that. Amber, you did. In my head, you did. I think that's the weirdest fucking line, guys. In my head, you deserved it. (sighs) Andrew, why? Amber, because you're a piece of shit. Andrew, that's so easy for you to say. Amber, really fucking is. You've ruined my life. Andrew, no, I didn't. You punched me in your daughter's elementary. Amber, nobody punched you, fat ass. Amber, or Andrew, you punched me at your daughter's elementary school. Amber, I didn't punch you. Listen, cocksucker. I didn't fucking punch you. Andrew. Oh, yeah. What do you call it? A backhand? Amber. Yeah, I call it this. I call it slapping noise, like she's hitting her hand with her hand. I call it that, motherfucker. Andrew, you hit me while driving. Amber. Yeah, I did. I did. Next time, shut your fucking mouth. Andrew, that's what you do? You hit people when- that's what you do when people are driving? Amber's screaming. A hundred fucking percent plus more. So much more to come, honey. If you want to fucking test me, is that what you want, Andrew? You can get sad all you want, Andrew. You can't speak to me like that. Your punk ass can't speak to me like that. Andrew, you're a lie. You're a lie. Amber, bye-bye. Bye. bye. Andrew, you're a liar with the relationship. Amber, bye-bye. Why are you here? Go. Andrew, because you fucking brought me here. Amber, go be sad somewhere else. Andrew, you like to hit... Amber, you're fucking disgusting. Is that what you did to Gary? Like, is that what you did? Amber, yeah, Gary had a big fat fat fucking mouth too and I beat the shit out of him. Yeah, sure did. I sure fucking did. Andrew, I don't have a fat mouth. And then it ends. So, that came out this week. In my opinion, it is the worst. Um, The fact that she's gloating about hitting Andrew, this corresponds with what he said, that and punched him in the face while he was driving back in August 2018 and it was the first time she had hit him and she admits to doing it she hits him in this recording I think her bragging about beating up Gary and saying he deserved it it just shows that she has no remorse she hasn't changed just like I thought um, it definitely has me thinking like what the fuck her and Matt were probably doing to each other <sighs> scary to think. And basically, so without a crystal ball, Katie Joy was out saying that MTV is definitely firing Amber. That Ashley kept saying like, mm, I don't think so. I haven't heard anything that they're definitely firing her. All, I, all I've heard is that they've had a call. Uh, without a crystal ball, Katie had to walk back that statement. By the way, I don't really have an opinion on without a crystal ball. I know a lot of people seem to really hate her. But the reality is I truly don't really care about her. I don't watch her videos in any way except for the recording leaks. And I appreciate that she's putting out the leaks. And without her, we wouldn't have any of this information. So I'm pretty neutral towards her. I think that she would probably be better served if she dropped um, she calls herself, like, a reporter, and I think she'd be better served if she dropped that and just went with, like, a person who likes gossip and likes talking about gossip. I think that would be better for her because, as the Ashley revealed yesterday, um, MTV is absolutely not firing Amber. Amber is filming again, um, and apparently they want to give her a redemption story. And, okay. I'm not 100% sure about this. We'll have to wait and see what happens, how I feel. We're still obviously a few months out. But as of now, I have to say, like, apparently I do have an ethical line when it comes to Teen Mom. And Amber being on the show and staying on the show might be it for me. Um, I posted on my Instagram that I think I might be done with new Teen Mom OG episodes. I know that sounds upsetting, (laughs) And, like, I'm not going to do feathers in my hair anymore, but that's not the case. Um, What I would do is just go back to old episodes, probably of Teen Mom 2, to be honest, and just start Teen Mom 2 Season 1 and go through that because I, I cannot imagine watching this show and watching Amber... Sit and trash Andrew after we've heard these recordings, and are we going to pretend like these recordings don't exist? I don't know. This is why I'm saying like I can't make like an absolute decision on this. I would, I guess, I'll like see what happens and how they uh, show it. Apparently, they want like the actually saying that they want to give her a redemption, and if that's the case, then I absolutely will no longer be covering Team Emoji. I think that is beyond insane like it 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 can like I cannot support that I know we can't think about the ethics of teen mom we can't think about the ethics of teen mom but we all get to have our lines and I know for a lot of people the line was going to be if Janelle stayed on the show after the nugget incident and as I said before like that's fine like if that was your line that was your line but for me it's that we have literally listened to Amber beating her father's child on cam like on recording i mean well on camera we watched her do it with gary but the fact that she's still behaving in the exact same way, way that she was in season 1 and that mtv is going to give her a redemption arc like i'm not going to support that i'm not going to watch it i'm not going to talk about it i will obviously like re-recaps but I, like for myself to keep up with what's going on but like i'm not going to re- Watch that and I'm absolutely, I'm not going to recap that. I just don't, first of all, T-Momoji is bad anyway. Like, we all know that, but I cannot be part of, like, a machine behind Amber. And I feel that if I recapped the episodes, if they are going to make it seem like she did nothing wrong. um, In the Ashley episode, apparently, she specifically mentions that, They're going to hold on. I want to get the exact line that she said. It says, while the source was vague about what Amber filmed, the Ashley can confirm that the topic of Andrew was discussed and that the general gist was how Andrew is very different from how he was portrayed on the show. I'm not going to I'm not going to recap that. No, I'm not doing that. That MTV literally giving Amber a platform to abuse her victim is insane and I'm not going to I'm not going to recap that for everybody to hear. I don't want that on my podcast. I don't support that. That's so fucking sick to me. I can't I really I can't. I really can't with that. And the fact that Amber wasn't fired after all of this is mind-boggling to me. It's I, how do you hear a recording of someone beating their partner? Beating them, hitting them, bragging about hitting them, mocking them, bragging about when they hit their other partner. Like, how do you keep them on your show? And, I mean, people are wondering why, why, why. And for me, the answer is, like, it's very clear why they're keeping her on the show. And it's because um, I think Amber 1 is easy to film with. Uh, I do believe that a big reason that both Janelle and Farrah were fired were because she was, they were extremely hard to work or film with. Farrah would film, but she was like a nightmare and they just like were straight up unable to film Janelle. As we saw in the last season, I believe that like Janelle being essentially unable to film was absolutely a bigger reason for firing her than the death of Nugget and the kids getting taken away. But I think that Amber being easily accessible helps her. And I just think that they're generally like this story just hasn't taken heat like the Nugget story did. You know, the Nugget story was picked up everywhere. It got really big. It didn't get as big as I maybe thought it was going to be. I remember waiting for it to be on the morning shows and it did like on Today and Good Morning America and it didn't get picked up for those. But like TMZ was doing updates like constantly and not just TMZ. Like, I don't know, people that know that I watch Teen Mom or have a podcast were like contacting me like, oh, my God, this is crazy because they saw it in their news where they normally wouldn't see it. So I That story was really big, and I think MTV was, like, kind of unable to get away from it. And I think the reality is, is that it's just not the same with Amber. I also think that it's a lot easier to get sponsors to pull out of, like, all you have to do is tweet a sponsor and be like, did you know a dog murderer is on the show? And they're like, "Uh (laughs) "You, like, back out of that. But I think that the Amber story is a lot more complicated to express to advertisers via tweeting. And so there isn't as much of an urgency for brands to pull out, I guess. I also just think there isn't um, as much of a backlash against Amber from the fans. I think that people, Amber doesn't have, okay, how do I want to explain this? Amber does not have a dedicated hate base like Janelle does. Like, even if it was anybody else that had this dog-killing incident, like, I'm not sure they would have been taken off the show, but the fact that it was Janelle who has such dedicated haters on Twitter, and on Reddit, but, like, most, the most dedication is on Twitter, like, already, (laughs) this is gonna sound silly, but almost, like, having, like, a a strong base in Iowa for a primary candidate, (laughs) Like if you already have the ground the groundwork laid down in Iowa, like it's a lot easier to do better than if you start from scratch. And I really do think that was a big part that Janelle's haters were already so keyed up and ready to go. So when they got this ammo of the dog, they were really able to like do a well organized, concentrated attack. And I just don't think that the hate for Amber is nearly as strong. I think people genuinely dislike Amber and I think most of the hardcore Teen Mom fans beyond like the Facebook comment fans you know I've talked about those like the people who comment on the Teen Mom Facebook page like not even a group like the Teen Mom Facebook page I mean like the people like us like me I guess I should say who really follow Teen Mom all really believe that Amber deserves to be fired but aren't doing anything to get her fired and I include myself in that but the reality is like I don't really have any interest in contacting any brand about anything. I don't like do it with Janelle. I'm probably not going to do it with Amber. I don't know. I'm just not interested in like doing that. My part can be that if Amber's on this show and they're giving her a redemption story then I probably will not watch it and recap it but I'm also like never saying never I don't know what I'm gonna do. It, like I said, it's months away. I don't know how I'll feel then. I don't want to sit here and be like, I will never recap another episode that Amber Portwood is on, because I don't know if that's my truth. It feels like my truth right now at this moment, but I don't know if it's my truth forever. I just can't. I can't believe MTV is going forward with this. I guess they feel like (laughs) this is so sick. That there's going to be a heightened interest and more people will be tuning in to watch Amber, which like might be true. They might not be wrong. After the Nugget story came up, the T Mom Two ratings actually came out. The T Mom Two ratings actually went up um, for the two episodes that were left because people were tuning in to see what the fuck was going on. And I would have to imagine that MTV feels that way about Amber. I could watch. For me, I think the big thing will be if they're giving her a redemption story. I mean, she should have been 100% fired. Like there's, she shouldn't be giving any opportunity at all. But I guess it will depend on editing, what they're allowing her to say. I'm wondering what she's even going to be allowed to film by her lawyers. If I'm her lawyers, I'd want her the fuck off this show. Like I kind of can't believe that they're allowing her to film again. I mean, I know a lawyer can't stop anybody from doing anything. But I'm kind of surprised that they are behind her filming and aren't like, begging her to get off. I don't know, guys. This situation has left me feeling really down about Teen Mom. (laughs) You know, it's really hard. It's hard to support a show that's gonna have somebody like Amber on. Amber should have never been allowed to come back. I don't know. Also, like, I don't think Amber's gonna get jail time for this. I'd be really surprised if she does. Ugh! it's such a mess it's such a mess thank god we're in teen mom too i guess and not in teen mom og right now by the way speaking of og not that i know if she's gonna be on the show or not but angie posted today that her cancer is no longer growing and it's shrinking and that the chemo is working which is i mean it's incredible um i did read some people on reddit think that she was faking the seriousness of her cancer because she's a narcissist and i I don't believe that. I think that Angie is a narcissist, but I think she has very serious stage four cancer. I just think that the reality is is that like you know, amount left to live prognoses are educated guess based on the average of how long people live with that type of cancer, and Angie is somebody that I think if anybody is in a position to fight stage four cancer, it's Angie one, mentally, that she has such a strong and positive faith-based outlook, I think really helps her to go through treatment. But I think physically, like, there's no denying that she was in incredible shape for her whole life, and that puts her, it gives her a better chance to fight. I mean, anybody that's in good shape is going to be better at fighting than someone that's not in good shape. Not fighting, but anybody, you know, like my dad just recently had, a procedure done, and he his recovery has been, like, incredible, and part of that is because he was in incredible shape beforehand. Like, it's always going to be easier when you're in better shape before a major health episode happens, and I'm happy for her. I don't know what's going on with Mac and OG. I haven't heard anything else about it, but it will be crazy if they don't bring her back. Like, they have to give her a full-time slot with this Josh stuff going on. She's been posting a lot about how much she hates Josh, but how, like, he's been sucking up to her, and it's it's a dark journey to follow. But I think that's it for the news this week. Guys, I just feel... I feel really overwhelmed by the Amber recordings and the fact that they're going to give her a redemption arc. It's too much for me. Oh, and just because I'm thinking about it now, just so you guys know, I'm taking off next week. Next Monday is Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. And I'm going to Virginia to be with my best friend and family for four whole days. It's going to be really nice. And for the holiday, it's the high holiday. It's the second holiest day of the year. Not that I'm religious, but... It's a very important holiday for Jews. If you didn't know, Rosh Hashanah is the start of the Jewish New Year because Jews have their own calendar. And it's a happy, great holiday, and I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm going to be leaving on Thursday, which just throws my whole schedule off. And I want to take off for the Jewish holiday. So, I'm taking off for the Jewish holiday. Aren't you guys lucky that your favorite podcaster, just kidding, I'm probably not your favorite, but a podcaster that you listen to is Jewish and takes more breaks. <laughs> but you know what? I won't be off probably? Christmas. Didn't I record Christmas and New Year's last year? I don't remember. Did I? I think I did for the last two years, released Christmas week episodes. So, even though I do celebrate Christmas too because my dad's not Jewish. But yeah. Just a heads up. Obviously, I'll post it on Instagram next week, but I'm going to be off for the Jewish New Year. Uh, And for all of my Jewish listeners, which there are probably 19 of you, Shauna (laughs) Tova. Okay, let's go to Teen Mom 2 right after a quick break. Mm, Teen Mom 2, Teen Mom 2, Teen Mom 2. I mean, the episode was fine, right? It wasn't bad. There's just nothing happening except Jade. Jade and Sean, which just makes me miss Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I really miss Team Mom Young and Pregnant. And I really hate that we haven't gotten any information on it when it's coming back. I'm thinking it might come back when Team Mom OG comes back. Oh, yeah. I won't even have to do old episodes if fucking Team Mom Young and Pregnant comes back. Fuck. That would be really helpful, guys. That would really help me out. Ugh. Where the fuck is T-Mom Young and Pregnant? Let's just talk about Sean and Jade now. So, they're moving. And Jade says some wild shit about their moving. That she thinks it's really going to help their relationship. Which makes... No sense at all. I couldn't figure out, was she living with her cousin? Because she's like, well, we're going to have our own place. But she and Sean had their own place. We missed, like, a chunk of time that they're not catching us up on. Because when Team Mom Young and Pregnant last ended, when we last saw them, they had their own place. It was a cute little apartment. It wasn't big, but it was nice. It was a two-bedroom because, remember, her parents would stay there sometimes. It was a two-bedroom. It was fine. Um, We come back. They're living in a place last episode and this episode that I assumed was a new apartment. It was like, um, like a duplex, but really like a split home, like a row home, but not, I don't know how to describe it. A double, what are those called? Railroad houses? Basically a house that's split into two and like two front doors are on the same porch, if that makes sense. But it's like a two-story. It's just a narrow house. Um, so they're living in one of those. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, they have a new place. Like, that's chill. That makes sense. Um, but then she's, like, talking to her cousin. I'm pretty sure that's her cousin. At the beginning of this episode and saying, like, well, it would be good for us to have our own place. And I'm like, but where are you living now? This didn't make sense. We've, lo- we've been lost in time a little bit. So Jade is... Like, well, the thing that I'm really worried about is that we're going to be on a lease together. So, you know, if stuff goes wrong, I can't just pick up my shit and leave. It's like, yeah, that won't be great. And Jade's cousin is so funny. She is so calling bullshit on basically everything Jade says. Like, Jade's like, well, we won't be able to, you know, when we go to the new place, we'll be a lot happier. And her cousin's like, what? (laughs) but why? Like, you're still going to have all your issues. Jade says she really wants to move up forward with her life, (laughs) which just made me laugh. Jade, watching Jade is tough because she seems like a battered woman in a way. Like, not by Sean. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think she probably hits Sean with the way that she, like, threw that thing at him last episode. I don't think Sean's beating her. I mean, like, Jade has just been, like, beaten down by life her entire life. Like, I think Jade's entire life since she was born has just been, like, being dealt a bad hand after bad hand after bad hand. I think she's somebody that can never really catch a break. I would imagine that now being on Team Mom and being able to do um, social media stuff has really been the first break of her life, but I think life has been very, very hard for Jade. And... She seems fucking exhausted at all times, which I believe, you know, she's going to school full time. She's filming this show. She's raising Chloe. Like, I think things are just hard for Jade. I think she is somebody that is very rough because she's had to be. And I think that makes her very hard to deal with. And I'm not blaming her for the way that Sean treats her because that'd be crazy because Sean's just a fucking asshole. Immature, emotionally stunted mess. Like, I don't know any... Imagine being Sean's girlfriend. Like, that's a true nightmare situation to me. But I do think that there's an element of Jade being, like, completely unable to really get along with or relate to because she's just so guarded. She's so angry. She's so tired. And she... I mean, really in a Kale way, which is why I've always said that she reminds me a bit of Kale, um... Like, really, she gives me, it's, I saw someone on Reddit compare her as kind of being a mix of Amber and Kale. And I found that to be pretty accurate. I think her temper is much closer to Amber's. Because, you know, for all the shit we talk about Kale, and in the early seasons, yes, we did see Kale come at Javi. And I believe it was said that she hit Joe. So I'm not, I'm not excusing Kale's behavior. But I would say that Kale, in general, is not someone that taps off screaming a lot like I think that I don't know maybe we just haven't seen her in a relationship in a while so it's hard for me to remember but I wouldn't say that she's somebody that like isn't screaming matches all the time like her her and Javi yes they fought but not in the way that like Jade and Sean fight like she doesn't scream like Jade does Jade definitely I think her temper more closely relates to Amber who definitely has you know, the worst temper of anybody else on Team Mom, in the Team Mom franchise, I believe. Um, at least when it comes to, like, screaming and how she handles conflict and always has. And so I definitely think that Jade relates to that in more ways. But I think she really relates to Kale and that she's a hard worker, like Kale used to be. She's somebody that <clears throat> has never felt that the world was going to provide for her. And she knew it was, like, her against the world and that she was going to have to do what she had to do to make sure her kids are taken care of. And I think Jade absolutely has that drive in her, but I would imagine it's, like, very hard to have an intimate, not, like, sexually intimate, like, emotionally intimate relationship with Jade because I think she is somebody that just, like, automatically shuts down and I also think though it might be I might be misjudging her a little bit because I think her and Sean are so done with each other and have been so done with each other for the last year and a half, aka the whole time that we've known them, that it's when she like reacts to Sean with everything and is just always fighting with him and just being such a bitch to him for what seems like no reason. What we're really seeing is like four years worth of resentment. And I would be curious to see what she's like in a relationship that doesn't have four years worth of resentment. But I also feel like she's never going to be in a relationship that doesn't have a layer to that because I don't think she's a very emotionally healthy person. And I think that she maybe wants to be, but I don't think she has the time or energy to figure out how to be one. And I also think it'll be interesting to see if Jade gets rich and You know, if T-Mom 2 goes on for a while and she's able to make a lot of money with social media and a lot of money, like, if she's able to get a $400,000 a year salary, I'd be interested to see if she is able to take time to work on herself and focus on herself and maybe do some therapy and learn about herself. I think that would be interesting. I think the reality is she just doesn't have it in her at this current stage in life. So Jade, her cousin is like really not on board with this jade and sean's relationship is going to change for moving and either is the audience and jade and sean are talking about how they're going to move and jade's like i just really want this to be a positive situation and sean is like every situation is positive if you think positively which is a really fucking annoying thing to say i understand why that really annoyed jade that would really annoyed me And then all of a sudden, like, they're fighting and I cannot, this is the thing with Jade and Sean, like, I constantly am like, what are they fighting about? Like, it's so hard for me as a viewer to follow along with what they're yelling at each other about. But basically, Jade is saying, like, we need to learn how to communicate with each other better. And Sean says, or Jade says that she doesn't agree with how Sean talks to her. And Sean's like, well, you come home every single day with an attitude and then we fight. And Jade is like, well, I hate our bickering. And Sean says that he feels like Jade isn't listening to her. And then they're, like, having this intense fight about who knows what. And I think that this is just how their relationship is. Like, every day they're just in, like, a terrible fight about nothing. About absolutely nothing. And that must be the most exhausting fucking thing in the world. Ugh, I can't even imagine that. Sean tells Jade that Jade needs to stop thinking she's always right. Which is probably annoying and something that I relate to because I'm always right. And I know that puts other people off and it's hard to dial down. And then Jade just starts saying, you're annoying, you're annoying, you're annoying. In my note, I wrote that Jade is a really miserable person. Which is basically what I was just explaining. That she's just been so beaten down by life And I think hasn't had any opportunity so far to really be happy. So it's the moving day, and they're going to her house, or going to pick up the U-Haul truck. And Jade has two friends with her, and she goes, "Just so you know, like my boyfriend is probably gonna yell at me all day because we're always fighting." And she goes, "Well, he won't yell at you guys, but like, just so you know." I was like, "Ooh." (laughs) That is, like, the worst thing that you ever want to hear. I also wonder, like, why Jade isn't embarrassed to fight with her boyfriend in front of all of her friends. Like, I would be high-key embarrassed by that, but Jade seems to have no shame about it, and that worries me. I also wonder who these friends are because it seems like they don't even know. The way she's explaining, she's not even, like, it seems like they don't know Sean because she's not like, oh, well, Sean's going to be there, and, you know, Sean and I have been fighting a lot. It's, like, who knows what type of mood he's going to be in. You know how he is. She says it in a way that's like, well, my boyfriend might do this, but I'm not sure. It was weird. So they get to their house and nothing is packed up. Did you guys notice this? Her friends start putting shit in boxes. If I went to someone's home and they expected me to pack, like if someone asked me to help them move and I said yes, which seems unlikely. <laughs> seems unlikely I would be in this position. I don't think I would help someone move. (laughs) Here's the deal. I'm 31 years old. (laughs) I think I'm um, past helping people move. I'm at an age where I believe that you should have movers. (laughs) I'm at an age where I'm like, you need movers. Um... Although I will say when I moved out of my last apartment in Florida, I did move a bunch of my roommate's stuff from our apartment to her new apartment without her asking me to do it. And I was, it was like the most generous thing I've ever done in my entire fucking life. Basically, I'd rent, rented a U-Haul truck um, to move a bed. Like my coworker friend was buying my bedroom furniture and so we rented a U-Haul truck to do that, and then we saw at the U-Haul for, like, another couple hours. And my roommate's new apartment was just, like, literally the next complex over. We had this truck, and she had a lot of her stuff already packed in boxes in the living room. And I was like, we should move this stuff for Alana. And my coworker was like, yeah, let's help her out because Alana was also, like, literally taking her last finals for nursing school And I was going to be leaving, like, a couple days before the lease was up. And she was going to have to do, like, the majority of the cleaning. But I was leaving, you know, to drive to Pennsylvania from Florida. And I was like, well, she's going to have to do a lot more of the cleaning. So, like, this is, like, a way for me to help her. And, (laughs) like, putting all this stuff in the U-Haul was, like, fine and easy and great. And I was, like, feeling so good about it. And then I didn't realize that her new apartment was like, really far away from the parking lot, like, where our apartment was, like, we lived right next to the parking lot and just up one little flight of stairs, so it was so easy to get the stuff down the stairs and into the U-Haul, but her new apartment was, like, over 100 yards away from where we could park the U-Haul, plus up a much larger flight of stairs. It was, and of course, I mean, this was June in Florida, so it was 150 degrees out, and it was, like, raining on and off. (laughs) And we had to do like 25 fucking uh, trips up and down the stairs. My four, poor friend Judy was like, I, at one point I was like, you can stop helping if you want. Like, Judy was friends with Alana too. She wanted to help her. But it was so awful. I don't know why Like this idea came over me. It's literally the most generous thing I've ever done in my entire fucking life. And I consider myself to be a pretty generous person. And Alana really appreciated it and like I'm glad that I did it. But after like the fourth step trip up the steps, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? But all the stuff was in the U-Haul. So we had to t- <laughs> at one point I was like, should we drive the U-Haul back and unpack the stuff and just put it back in the like our apartment? <laughs> it was so bad. But that's probably the last time I'll ever help someone move. And yeah. Yeah, so when Jade's friends get there and I'm watching them put her shoes into a box, like, I was shook. It seemed like nothing in their house was packed up. I could not believe that for a second. I would never, I would never, if I had friends help me move, which I once also probably would never do. Um, I'm not really, although I guess when I move from my apartment, I don't know. I don't know. But at this point in my life, I probably wouldn't ask a bunch of friends to come over and help me move. Also, because my friends are also in their 30s and would be like, you could get movers. (laughs) You should get movers. Um, So when my friends came over, no, when her friends come over and help her move, they're able to move everything pretty quickly. But she's like, okay, let's get the couch and like in the truck. And Sean's like, well, I wanted to do the bed first. And then they get into a huge fight, but one of the worst types of fights, especially the worst type of fight to witness, where they're fighting about literally nothing, because Jade's like, okay, well, I wanted you to do the couch because of this. And then Sean's like, no, no, okay, do whatever you want. You have this under control. You have this under control. You have this under control. And then Jade's like, no, we can do it your way. And Sean is just, like, totally shut down and being like, nope, nope, nope. You're in control. You're in control. You're in the lead. You have a plan. So they're literally fighting about nothing. They're both, like, offering to do what the other one wants to do just to be an asshole. It's so, it's wild, wild, wild to watch. But basically Sean's just having a hissy fit and Jade's trying to, like, to not, to shut that down. And Sean's not interested in shutting it down. Um, at one point, she's like, I haven't done shit to you. And he yells back without missing a beat. He goes, yeah, today. And that made me laugh so fucking hard. And I think it really was their relationship summed up, which it's like, like I said, it's just four years of resentment. So it doesn't matter if they're not in a fight at that current moment. As soon as one does anything to the other one, they're like full blown fighting about the last four years of their lives oh, thank God they're broken up. Spoiler, spoiler alert, they're broken up IRL. So they move into this new cute little house. Um, all this stuff, they moved really quickly and their friends leave and Jade and Sean are just sitting on the couch and Jade's like, I'm really happy. It's a lot bigger. I mean, I'm sure it's nice to have like a full house for her, Sean and Chloe. And Jade or Sean goes, yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure about it, because when I first walked in, it felt like dog piss. And Jade looks at the camera and goes, don't say that on TV. <laughs> and Sean says he can say whatever the fuck he wants. And Jade's like, yeah, but that makes us look ratchet. Come on. <laughs> it was just so funny. She was like, come on. That makes us look ratchet. <laughs> And it ends with them basically admitting that they are fighting and hate each other. And that's it for Jade and Sean for this week. Let's go to Brie, who really nothing actually happened this week, which was kind of annoying. Um, She's in New York for filming the reunion. I don't like these New York reunion behind the scenes episodes. They really don't do it for me. Um... Because not no new drama is starting, so they have Bree in New York, and she's talking to her producer and explaining what happened with Devon, and basically saying like Devon hasn't apologized, he doesn't seem sorry. All he did was text, and I'm sorry. And her producer's like, so he did apologize, and Bree's like, no, that's not what I meant. Bree really wants Devon to like make amends. And I can understand that. She doesn't want, like, an I'm sorry text. She wants Devon to call her, ask to come over, sit down, like, fully take responsibility for what he did and explain how he's going to make it right and how he's not going to do it again. And I can appreciate that, but I also think that um, Bree's always going to have an issue with expecting something from Devon that Devon does not know how to do. Now, I'm not excusing Devon because he's a grown-up. Right? I mean, he's not that old. But they're, like, in the 23, I think he and Briar. I think they're the same age. And I think that Devon, from what I can tell, doesn't seem to have a very close family. I don't I don't know. We don't know that much about his family. I don't want to, like, talk shit on his family. But it seems like Devon is missing a lot of life skills, one could say. Right? Do you think that? I think that's a fair way to explain it. That Devon is just missing some life skills... Um, That have always kind of plagued his relationship with Brie. And I think that it's not necessarily Brie's responsibility to teach him these life skills. And I understand why she does not want to teach him these life skills. But I also think that expecting Devon to do these certain behaviors is always going to leave Brie fucked up. And wanting for more and in a position where she is being let down and frustrated. Because the fact is, I don't think Devon understands what she's looking for him to do. Now, I think Brie is 100% in the right that he's so fucked up. He was so drunk. It was so wrong. Um, but I think Brie should say to him, like, Devon, I need you to come over, talk to me, and take full responsibility for what you did. I, I, I don't know, though, because it's hard, because I don't think it's, like, a woman's position to have to teach a man how to be a fucking functional person in society. But I also think, like, if Brie really wants this from him, then she needs to kind of take initiative, even though it's not necessarily fair to expect that from her. Does that make sense? It's like... I don't... It's hard. I feel very conflicted on this, on what I think Brie should do when it comes to Devon. But I think that Brie has... I think Bree has expectations for him that are reasonable for most people, but maybe not that reasonable for Devon because Devon seems to be somebody that still has a lot of growing and learning to do. And I think Devon would really benefit from, it sounds so bad, I can't believe I'm about to say this, But I think Devon would really benefit from being maybe in a relationship with someone that's a little more mature, who could really guide him. And that's sick, but also, like, that's how we raise men. And we teach boys that, like, no social or life skills, and then we expect women to come in and teach them those things. And that's shitty, but I think it's also reality. And I just think that Devon would, like, I don't know, Devon seems to be really stumbling through life having a hard time learning lessons, but that may also just be him. I'm not saying a woman needs to come in and fix him, but I think he would benefit from having someone in his life who, like, really loves him and is, like, on his side and wants to help him become a better person because I do think Devon is willing to become a better person. He's just not quite sure how to get there. And I think that's why a lot of us have a soft spot for Devon because I think a lot of us maybe see that willingness in him, And see that he's, like, not sure how to do it. But that may just be me, like, thinking Devon is cute and nice. So I'm, like, assuming that. And really, he's, like, such a garbage person and has no desire to do that. (laughs) Is probably the more realistic option. So I thought it was weird that the producer seemed to be, like, really on Devon's side. Did you guys notice that? I don't know. It just seemed weird. Um, But... Devon and his friend come to New York and Devon is basically saying, like, he knows he fucked up and he's trying to fix it, but he wants to move forward and that he's going to be pissed if MTV makes him seem like an alcoholic. So they we get a clip of what happened at the reunion, which is good because I literally completely forgot it's I watched it. Right. Did I recap it? Honestly, don't know. No clue. Zero clue. But Dr. Diress Devon, if he has a substance abuse problem, um Devon says no and he says he fucked up, but he seemed really aggressive. And I also think that's another big problem of Devon's is that he doesn't have a lot of humility and he's not able to come out and really apologize for what he did. Although I did see on Twitter, I guess it was probably posted on Reddit. I don't think I even know what Devon's Twitter is. But I'm sure I could find it if I put any amount of effort that he really he tweeted something like it doesn't really matter what you guys say because I already know how badly I fucked up and like the punishment on myself is worse than anything you guys could say something along those lines. So maybe like with time he was able to get there. Also, I know Brie recently posted a, a video of him at her house, though, playing with the girls. So. I think this was really, like, a two-steps... I think Devon is, in general, like, a two-steps-forward, one-step-back person. And I think that that must be so incredibly frustrating for Brie and the entire DeJesus family. And I think that he, like, wants a lot of recognition for the two-steps-forward. And Brie wants to... Has to focus on the one-step-back stuff because that's what affects her and Nova. And that is kind of a recipe for disaster. So after... The segment. They're in Brie's dressing room. Her cousin is there and Brittany is there and Brie is kind of talking to extremes, which she does. And when she says this stuff, it's kind of like, come on, Brie, like, you don't believe this. This isn't going to be what happens. But she's like, Devon will never be alone with Nova ever again. And it's like, that's not true. Like, he's going to rebuild the trust and you're going to let him be alone with her again. Um, And Brie starts crying. I really felt for her here because she is like, you know, Nova doesn't understand what happened, and Devon fucked up, and now I'm gonna have to be the one that says like, nope, actually, you can't be alone with your dad. Nope, you can't go places with your dad. Nope, you can't go to his house, even though she really wants to. And I, oh, I have the hiccups. Oh, no. But I thought that really like summed up everything when it comes to Brie, and I was, you know, I've been completely on Brie's side for this. I think you guys probably can tell I'm kind of, like, a Bree fan. (laughs) I actually really enjoy Brie segments, and I think an interesting thing about Brie is that we're seeing because maybe, I think maybe because she's a lot younger than the other uh, people on the show is that we're seeing her kind of grow up and mature in real time, and I find that interesting. But my heart really broke for her when she was saying, like, I... Don't want to tell Nova all this stuff. It's so unfair to her. Because that's true. And that's it for Brie. So let's do Leah and Kale now, I guess, together, because they're in Costa Rica this week, which is definitely boring, right? Like, I don't I don't find anything interesting about people being on vacation on reality TV shows, unless it's like the real housewives. And they're all in one house together getting wasted and fighting over, like, bedrooms. Like, Teen Mom vacations are really not entertaining to me. I mean, I guess... I guess I liked on OG when they all went away together. Like, that was semi-enjoyable to watch. It wasn't unenjoyable to watch, I'll say. But in general, like, I think the reason is that Teen Mom is a show that operates, like the drama comes from their day to day. It comes from the parenting. It comes from the co-parenting. It comes from their boyfriends. It comes from their ex-husbands. It comes from them operating in the real world. And so when they're on vacation, there's not drama because they're separated from that drama. I mean, I guess hopefully though, when they all go to Hawaii and Joe flips out about it or whatever, which by the way, still no Joe. So I guess he really isn't filming, which is, and Javi, still no Javi either, which is, both crazy. I can't believe they gave up that money. I cannot believe it. Also, I saw something today that V is going to release a brow kit, which seems insane. That seems really crazy to me. Um, I can't, I don't understand that. Like, makeup is one of the most oversaturated markets out there. There's just so much makeup to buy. By the way, I bought some Glossier stuff this week. Girl. That shit is overpriced, but I liked it. I got the Lidster, Lidstar Eye Makeup because I hate putting on eye makeup and I'm so bad at it. And the review said it was all so easy to do. And it was, and I really liked it. So I went online and found the NYX dupe for it and ordered like four of those for the price of like one Lidstar. So hopefully I'll like the dupes and I won't have to buy more Glossier. I also got the Boy Brow. Once again, loved it. It's literally the size of my pinky finger. It's, I love their stuff, but it's so expensive. It's insane. It's really insane. But where was I? Oh, V and her brow kit. Like, so yeah, Janelle has her brow kit, which I guess I haven't talked about on the show because I don't care. I've really fallen off with Janelle stuff. Um, I As I've talked about on here before, I know, I think that like, CPS stuff with Janelle was so... The high of it was so high when it came to the drama that since then, I haven't really been interested in anything Janelle that much. Like, I've posted some of her stuff on my Instagram, but just in general, I don't care that much about what's going on in Janelle's life. It's just not that interesting for me to follow. But yes, Janelle has her brow kit. It's not selling well. Shocking. Ah, who could ever guess? Why anybody would ever buy a brow product from Janelle, don't know. Truly, don't know why, don't know how, doesn't make any sense. But I'm not sure why V would put out any makeup because the reality is is I don't think V has a fan base like that. I mean, I like V and I think a lot of people like V. And maybe follow her Instagram. But do people like enough to support her via paying money for something that she would release, a makeup product? No. I don't believe that to be true. I think that most people would agree with me. It's just a weird, weird move. But it seems to me it would make more sense to just, like, really focus on building clients for a makeup artist business. And working on her real estate stuff. And, like, doing real-life career things that can exist in a post-teen mom world. As opposed to, like, selling your own makeup. Seems crazy. Anyway. So, Leah, before going on vacation, tells us that she's been talking to Jeremy a lot since the reunion. And she talks to her friend Kylie via FaceTime and tells her that, like, she's totally in her feelings about Jeremy. They've been hooking up. And she's not really sure what's going on. Uh... She tells her friend that Oreo is coming with them to Costa Rica and she says she's never been out of the country before and we'll see how she acts. And I laughed at that because Costa Rica is where she gets pregnant, guys. I'm pretty sure she's wearing her wedding rings in this episode. So I think that this uh, baby conceived with her new 90 day fiance situation, which, guys, I think that Leah, or excuse me, Victoria and her new guy. Really, maybe going on 90 Day Fiance, or getting some type of spinoff with MTV. Um, 90 Day Fiance is so hot right now; it seems like it'd be crazy for MTV to pass up the chance to film all this. But I was really surprised that we didn't see. Maybe they just didn't have the footage of uh, of uh, what's her face, Victoria, meeting the raft guy and future father for child. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with this situation. So, uh, Leah says that, oh, Leah and Victoria are talking. They're in Costa Rica. And Leah says that her relationship with Jeremy is like, you know, it's doing good. And Oreo's like, well, I think it's getting a lot better. And Leah goes, we've always had a good relationship. And it's just mind-boggling to hear Leah say stuff like we've always had a good relationship. Because last season, like, the major storyline was how bad of a dad Jeremy was and how bad her relationship with Jeremy was. (laughs) Like, we all watched that, Leah. (laughs) Isn't it so crazy that it's like Jason just doesn't exist anymore? And, like, of course he doesn't because they're broken up. But her whole entire uh, storyline was about that last season. And it's just so funny. Victoria and Leah talk about how all the girls want her to be with Jeremy. And, like, once again, why are the girls so involved in Leah's dating life? They, the twins even told Victoria that Jeremy was coming by the house and that they wanted uh, Leah to be with him. It's just, it's not good. Um, The other thing that happens without Kale's involvement is that we find out that Addie's lymph nodes are still swollen from when she got mono, Wasn't that this season or was that last season? Truly can't remember. But it's been over a month that she's been on antibiotics and her lymph nodes still have not gone down and so that she's going to have to get a biopsy when Leah gets back. So basically in Costa Rica, Kale, yo, MTV is doing Kale dirty with this edit. (laughs) Uh, The main focus of Kale's segment... (laughs) is that she needs to relax in Costa Rica because Mexico was too stressful. Like, that's tough. That's rude that MTV gave that to Kale. Although I think that's, you know, Kale's reality. Let's just say it's not relatable for most people. (laughs) Kale says the Mexico trip was, like, just so fucking hard. Um, She said she was so disappointed and the boys were disappointed And the kids kept saying to her that Chris should be here. And then Kale literally starts crying because she knew how disappointing the trip was to the boys. And it's like, get a fucking grip. She's like, it just wasn't as fun as the rest of the trips. It's like, who fucking cares? So your kids didn't have the most amazing experience of their life in Mexico? Like, they're eight, five, and two. Who gives a fuck? (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, who cares? Who cares? So the trip wasn't everything. Okay, is everybody still alive and happy? Yes. Will you be able to take more trips? Yes. Will they even remember this trip? Probably only Isaac and barely. It's just so crazy. It's such a crazy mentality that she has. I think it's so obvious that she's just trying to like fill all of the holes of her childhood through her children. And Leah, even Leah like was high key confused by Cal crying. She was like, Yeah, but I I saw the videos and they they seemed really happy. (laughs) Because they were. Because it's crazy. That is a crazy thing to cry about on camera. Kale. Kale needs a therapist so badly. I think Kale has a real trouble with perspective. And I think it's one of the things that makes her so unrelatable and so people so hate her so much is that she has a real problem with um, framing anything in her life to acknowledge the gratitude for the situation while also complaining. Like, I think most people in that situation, the way that they would have said would be like, to be honest, like, the trip just wasn't that great. The boys really weren't able to do everything that they wanted to do. I felt really stressed the whole time. So it wasn't relaxing. But you know what? We went to Mexico. They still had a great time. They're kids. We went in the pool. They went in the ocean. I I just won't make the mistake again of taking them on my own. If I have to go on my own, I just won't go. But like I definitely was a learning experience. But like in the end, it's fine. They're so little. They won't even remember it. And like they won't remember the bad stuff in the end. We have cute pictures and videos and like it was it's so great that now they can say they've been to Mexico but Kale isn't able to do that and said she cries about how disappointed she was by the trip and I think that that is a big theme for Kale's entire life that she only can focus on the negative to a point that it's very off-putting and it's very especially like the negative stuff and her extreme first world problems it's why when like Last season, she was getting on Twitter crying that MTV, like, wasn't filming her building her house. And it's like, none of us care about that. (laughs) Like, we don't care. Um, And her crying about that instead of being like... Hey, I really wish MTV would show me building my house, which we all know she didn't even end up doing. We wish Kale would end, like, I wish MTV would show me building my house. It's a little frustrating that they don't, but you know what? It's pretty awesome that I am building a house and that I'm getting to do this. Eh. She just has no gratitude for anything and no ability to express gratitude. So when she's crying and whining about her extreme first world problems, it's so viscerally Like off-putting, like your whole—it's like a full-body, like Kale, shut the fuck up feeling. Um, but that's honestly all that happened in Costa Rica for Leah and Kale. It was really boring, and I think the ideas were supposed to like, especially Leah and Kale in their heads. I think think we're going to find it so fucking interesting watching them vacation, but it's kind of the opposite it's, like, extremely boring because there's no drama, at least, like, that we're seeing. Um, There's nothing going on. They're a little too old for it to be. By that, I mean, like, they're not having, like, a full-on, at least for my knowledge, for my understanding, spring break, like, type of party crazy experience where they're fucking guys and going crazy. If that was the case, like, that would be fun, but I also don't think they would let us see that. Another reason that, like, a real Housewives trip works because we see them getting, like, shit-faced drunk, fucking guys fighting with each other, etc. But a team on vacation doesn't. So let's wrap it up with Chelsea, who takes Watson to see Randy because his little molars are coming in. He has to go to the dentist. I find Watson very cute. Um... And Chelsea talks to her dad and says that her anxiety in the day-to-day feels a little better, but she's still having very regular panic attacks. Um, she says that she's, like, gonna, she's considering talking to a therapist because people keep telling her to help them, but she doesn't want to, but she's going to. It's like, ugh, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. And we find out that she is looking at 15 acres of land in vermilion, I believe it's called. Um, this is the town that Chelsea grew up in, FYI. It's where Randy lives. It's 45 minutes away from where she lives now. And it's a nice town, it seems like. I can understand the desire to want to live in the town you grew up in. Like, it's funny. I didn't think this when I was younger, but now that I'm, like, you know, in my 30s, like, I would love to be able to buy the house that I grew up in and, like, send my kids to the schools that I went to. (laughs) Like, my parents did a really good job with that. And it's so, I mean... To be fair, though, like the house that I grew up in, my parents bought for like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I think, and now it's it would probably go for like eight hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> even though it's the same house, just because of just the area that I grew up in, like has grown so much and has gotten so much more expensive, but so it would just be like so out of my price range. Not that anything is in my price range right now. But it's just essentially unattainable to me. So I, But I do, like, now that I'm grown, understand, like, why my parents picked there to live. Because it's a great town. It has great schools. And so basically I'm just saying I, like, understand that desire from Chelsea. But I think we all know that the reason Chelsea wants to move is because she hates that house because it got robbed. And I think Chelsea views that house as the reason that she has anxiety, which I think is kind of crazy. I think... If anything, it just kind of exasperated her anxiety. But Chelsea's always had anxiety. Like, if you go back and watch her early seasons of the show, like, she has terrible anxiety and terrible behaviors and no coping skills. Um, It's just all kind of focused on Adam. So we can, like, pretend like that was all Adam's fault. But really, it seems like this has been ongoing for Chelsea for a long time. And she wants to move. Um, Which, look. Do I think her moving to, her, like, do I think it's a bad idea for them to buy 15 acres of land and build a huge, beautiful house on it and move there, like, over the next couple of years? Like, in general, no. Like, whatever. Che- Aubrey will, I'm sure, have to switch schools, which will stink. And I guess uh, Cole's parents and uh, Chelsea's mom all live near the house that they live in now. But it's only 45 minutes. It's not a huge deal. I don't think them moving is bad, but I think that Chelsea has a lot of incorrect expectations if she thinks that moving is going to solve her issues. Um, The fact is that her anxiety about the robbery will follow to a new house that's not just going to go away. I think she has in her head, like, if I'm not in this house, like, I will never be triggered with my anxiety again, but anxiety that comes from being robbed isn't, like, that you're scared of the house you're in, it's the vulnerability and violation, the feeling of vulnerability and violation that comes from your space being breached in a very scariest and serious way. And moving to a new place isn't just going to get rid of that. You're not just going to be like, okay, well, that never happened and I don't have any feelings towards that anymore, so here we are. No, you're going to bring that PTSD with you. Um, or whatever anxiety whatever she has going on you're going to bring that with you in recovery we talk a lot about making geography changes and how they don't work and you know like sometimes they, they are helpful like I moved to Florida when I got sober and I think that definitely helped me with my sobriety but it's not what kept me sober what kept me sober was the desire to be sober and working the 12 steps and putting a lot of effort into it and I think I absolutely could have done that in Pennsylvania now I think that I benefited from going to Florida to put that physical space between my ex-boyfriend and I, and I think I would have had a lot harder time staying away from him and broken up with him if I, like, was in Pennsylvania, but I think I could have. Um, Geography changes have to go along with, like, a real effort to change. And if you just move but don't do anything to help yourself and learn coping skills and Do all that you need to do. You're just going to bring that shit with you wherever you go. You know, like, you're still you. And moving won't change you. And I think a lot of people have this misconception that they're just... I mean, even Jade, like, saying that we're going to move to this new place and we're going to be better people and our relationship is going to be better is crazy because it's still Sean and Jade who fucking hate each other. They're just moving to a new house. And Chelsea is... Going to have that issue. I also don't believe that they're going to buy this plot of land and sit on it for years before they build a house. I don't think that's how Chelsea operates. I think Chelsea is a pretty impulsive person. Um, I think a lot of it it, it gets kind of masked, but I think if you like, throughout the years, we've seen her make a lot of really impulsive decisions, and I think usually they're fine. But I think Chelsea is the type of person who decides she wants to move, and I bet they'll be in that new house by. I bet they'll be if they got that land. I bet they'll be building by next summer and moved in by next winter. Like, I don't think that they're going to be – I don't think they're going to sit on that land for years. I think that that is not realistic. I also think it'd be kind of crazy. Like, build that house while T-Mom is still on the air and you still have a T-Mom salary. Um, The show could go at any time. I think that Cole enables anything that Chelsea wants. He apparently doesn't. You know, he doesn't want to move until he gets there and sees Chelsea jumping up and down about how much she loves it. And it's like, Cole is never going to stick up to Chelsea and say, this is a bad idea. (laughs) So he's going to let Chelsea jump up and down and say how much she loves it. And then he's going to agree with her. And I think that that is a really unhealthy dynamic. I think the two of them have a really unhealthy dynamic. I think that nobody calls Chelsea out on anything. And that isn't great. Oh, oh, I did want to talk about this. Okay. So someone messaged me. Sorry, I can't remember who it was. And had a really good theory about maybe what is um, making Chelsea so anxious about leaving the kids with people. And I thought this was really, truly brilliant. It made a lot of sense. So if you guys don't remember, Chelsea's best friend, Brittany, her husband was arrested for soliciting sex from what he thought was a 14-year-old girl. Maybe 15, but I think 14. Um, it ended up being like an undercover operation. He was arrested. There was actually no 14-year-old, but he had been talked. He had posted an ad on Craigslist. Um, he got a response from what was a person claiming to be a 14 or 15-year-old. Like, they talked about meeting up after school. Like, he didn't post an ad on Craigslist for a teenager, but when the teenager responded to him and he knew this person was a teenager... Uh, he was all in. They made plans to meet. He was arrested when he drove to the hotel to meet her. And I think that might... So that all happened, like, right around when Watson was... I think because they were at Chelsea's wedding, both of them. So I think this happened when Ch- when Watson was around one, when she was, like, just getting pregnant with Lane. And I have a feeling that might have really, um, like made the anxiety a lot lot worse and made and I can imagine like you know this man had been in her home had held her children uh the person who messaged me suggested maybe he had been alone with Aubrey or Brittany had watched Aubrey with the husband there not saying that he had done anything to Aubrey I don't think he like went after any of Chelsea's kids that's not what I'm suggesting but I wonder what it's like to have your best friend's husband who has been in your home multiple times so you consider a good friend who has been around your children who has possibly watched your children gets arrested for being a pedophile like I can't imagine how like much that shakes you and worries you and if you already have postpartum anxiety which she says she has with what had with Watson um you know I can imagine that really heightening your anxiety and really making you terrified to leave your children with anyone, even family, because this is someone that you deeply trusted. And all of a sudden, somebody that you deeply trusted, like, is a pedophile. You find out he's a pedophile. Like, I truly, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in that situation. And I can see that really feeding into this, like, terrified feeling that she has about leaving her kids with people, even with her mom and dad and sister, like her closest family members. Not that she's scared that, you know, Mary is a pedophile, but I think she probably, I I just think she's probably had this thing of like, I can't trust anyone. Holy shit. Like, holy shit. I can't trust anyone. By the way, I really wonder if Britney stayed with him. We never really got any information because they're not like famous enough for anybody to follow them, but I'm really curious. Um, Obviously, she's completely off the show. I would guess that she's, if she's on social media, I know she deleted her previous account, but if she is, she has a very private, private, private Instagram account. She's had a baby since then because she was pregnant when he got arrested. And yeah, I, I would imagine that like if my best friend's husband, it turned out he was a pedophile, um, somebody that I had left my children alone with, somebody that I'd welcomed into my home, someone that I really loved and cared for, how fucking horrified I would be, how crazy upset I would be, how much it would rock my worldview. Just anybody you, like, really love and cherish and trust, it comes out that they're abusing children. And I just, I can't imagine that. And I thought that was a really brilliant idea. Um, and I... It definitely, like, gave me a little more empathy towards Chelsea, even though we don't necessarily know this is true, but I've now accepted this as as fact, and it's definitely given me a little more empathy for Chelsea for her, like, complete inability to leave her kids with anybody. Um, I don't think it's healthy, but I can understand that a little more. There's also someone else that I chat with online who is 100% positive that Chelsea is cheating on Cole, and a lot of her anxiety is coming from that, um... I don't personally think so. I don't think it's out of the question. but And she doesn't think it's with Adam, but just in general is cheating on Cole. Um, but I could see a lot, that causing a lot of anxiety. I personally don't think it's true. Do you think it's possible that Chelsea's cheating on Cole? Let me know in my Instagram comments. I'd be interested to hear people's takes. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week, I think, for Chelsea. Um, that's it. Like I said, I'll be off next week. Have a good New Year if you're Jewish. If you're not, you should be Jewish. Just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, guys, have a good week. I will talk to you in two weeks. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Mack. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsycho.